For this moot podcast, we again return to the theme of new monasticism. I'm very pleased to announce that in December 2010, the next book in the series Ancient Faith, Future Mission, will look at the theme of new monasticism and fresh expressions of church. Both Erin Kennedy and myself, Ian Mosby, have been working with Bishop Graham Cray, the Archbishop of Canterbury's missioner, in launching this new book. This will include chapters from practitioners of new monasticism from within the United States and the United Kingdom and will be published, as I said, in December with book launches in London in January and we hope in Manchester at the end of January. For this book, I just want to read an extract drawing on the introduction um, I wrote in the titled The Importance of New Monasticism as a Model for Building Ecclesial Communities Out of Contextual Mission. The Fresh Expressions Initiative has from the start been concerned with building ecclesial communities out of contextual mission. We remember that the original evangelisation of Britain in the Romano, Celtic and Anglo-Saxon eras occurred through the missional endeavours of monks, nuns and friars, and not primarily through bishops, priests and parishes. Curiously, in our postmodern and post-secular context, we find ourselves drawing on the resources and models of pre-modern approaches to mission and evangelism. In fact, Stuart Murray Williams and Phyllis Tickle argue that roughly every 500 years, the church has relied on some form of monasticism to assist the wider church to adapt from one cultural epoch into another. Even in the Reformation, there were lay monastic communities that assisted with this. Luther, we must remember, started out as a monk. We exist now in a complex culture where society is not only fragmented into different people groups, but where people have completely different worldviews that correlate to pre-modern, modern and post-modern mindsets. Each of these has completely different sensibilities. This has created a great challenge to the church in the United Kingdom. A growing new post-modern and post-secular cultural sensibility signals a new cohort of spiritual questers created and driven by the combination of consumerism and information technology. Paradoxically, this this society draws on an extremely technological and scientific culture where many seek the spirituality of the hyper-real, an experience of transcendence of over and above the real. However, these same people increasingly reject organised religion, including Christianity, seeking new solutions to the problems they face. The Bishop of London, Richard Charters, often calls this new spirituality the ABC spirituality, anything but the church. The reforming vision of parish churches at the time of the dissolution of the monasteries saw the local church as the locus of monastic prayer and worship. So they stripped the monasteries of their resources and expected parish churches to encourage a local rhythm of daily prayer, holy communion, loving service to the poor and participation in the local community. Unfortunately, I think we can agree that many parish churches and more widely than many historic denominational expressions of local church have not held on to this understanding. There is now a great rift between many parish and local churches and the cultures and communities in which they are situated. 
New monasticism seems to have emerged in three forms and has brought with it a new language that is different to traditional monasticism. The first group, inspired by the history of monks and nuns, have established new places of prayer and contemplation, gathering communities of people for worship and loving action in the local community with the D and Never Church. Many of this grouping have a strong sense of being sent in God's Missio Dei, seeking to catch up with what God is already doing to reconcile all things back into a restored relationship with the divine. This interpretation of mission has inspired a focus on seeking the sacred in the ordinary, as there are no places where God is not. So new monastics gather for prayer in disused pubs, youth clubs, in outside places of natural beauty, car parks, run-down council estates, or the ruins of old monasteries. In so doing, this first group follow a Benedictine vision of remonking the church. The second group increasingly identify with a more friar vision of new monasticism. They are also committed to seeking the sacred in the ordinary, but hold a different model. The first group tend to gather for worship and action, returning back to homes dispersed away from the meeting place. The second group, following a more friar model, tend to have moved into the area either as single households or pioneers or as intentional communities. Many are living in very rough and unsafe places where traditional models of church are hard to sustain and where the majority of local inhabitants are never churched. These intentional communities are sent out in teams to love and serve particular contexts where traditional forms of church are making little impact. These new monastics are also committed to contemplative and charismatic action as the first group. The vision here follows the example of the Celtic wandering monastics, the Franciscans and the Dominicans, of refiring the church. Both these new monks and friars hold a vision of social transformation, mission and evangelism through cultural engagement in different forms. Both represent models of reinterpreted monks and friars drawing on increasingly contemplative spirituality reframed for the 21st century. However, there is a third group which seeks to be both monk and friar in vision. A good example of this is the new monastic community to which I belong, the Moot community in the City of London. This community seeks to enable an old church building to become an arts cafe lounge with a team of people offering radical hospitality with all sorts of things going on it, in it including workshops on contemplative spirituality, discussions, art as mission events, prayer and forms of worship. This then is seeking to create a sacred place for people to pilgrimage to with a more monkish vision. But alongside this, eventually, the community seeks to establish an intentional community, hoping in a couple of years' time to take on accommodation that can house a number of people. This then seeks to establish a vision of daily prayer and shared living, to be sent out to seek social transformation and justice. This last part, then, is far more friar-like. So communities such as Moot hold a vision for a form of new monasticism that is inspired by both friar and monk in the same community with a formal rhythm of life as its anchor. It is the author's contention that there are a number of growing, emerging and fresh expressions of church in many countries which have a similar vision and identity to this third grouping. So within these three divisions of monks and nuns, friars and friar monks comes the language of new monasticism. 
There are now new groups around the world who use this language with the aim of promoting relational mission and evangelism centred on the importance of being community by imitating the Christ of the Gospels. There is a new missional zeal for a form of Christian discipleship that helps people to engage with the Christian contemplative and mystical spiritual traditions. This is important as many in the post-secular Western world are exploring spirituality as a journey of life around the question, how should I live? This has become an increasingly important issue in a world facing ecological, economic and social justice. Correspondingly, many new monastic communities articulate authentic Christian values based on social, ethical and economic and importantly ecological justice. Many have a spiritual rule or rhythm of life, a post-secular reworking of a pre-modern approach to orthopraxis, right doing. A good number of new monastics have been committed to the core, fresh expression approach to missional engagement, which is centred on the work of Roland Allen and Vincent Donovan, committed to incarnational mission focusing on the de-and-never-churched of growing missional communities. This starts with listening and discerning the will of God and building up relationships within particular contexts to then explore a form of loving service, building up a community that then in time will seek to develop forms of catechesis and discipleship. This is the incarnational hope that relational and contextual mission at the point of need will build Christian ecclesial communities. After all, is this not the model of following and imitating the mystery and ministry of Jesus Christ, a core Christian and monastic principle? Or put another way, new monasticism seeks to contribute to the Fresh Expressions initiative by starting with projects that we hope may grow into mature expressions of church, experimenting with models of new monasticism. However, however, much of what we are doing is very new and none of us really know what we are doing. We meet in our weakness from all our traditions where none of us have all the answers. The purpose of this book then will allow the exploration and dialogue to explore the various models of new monasticism as peculiar approaches to the building of ecclesial communities out of contextual mission, particularly aimed at the D and never churched. Finally, I identified earlier how new monasticism has changed the language of concerning monasticism. We must remember with respect that monasticism is about living the religious life, which is about being monks and nuns. In this typology, friars were seen as evangelists and missionaries, yes, drawing on a rhythm of life, vows and a commitment to the same contemplative Christian tradition, but there is an ancient distinction. So then the new monastic language creates a new typology, which I believe is helpful, that groups monks, nuns and friars together but it also brings new dangers that we need to be wary of. For example, the word new monasticism seems to be used whenever an emerging or fresh expression of church focuses on community in some form of intentionality. But we must be cautious here. When is a spiritual community truly a new monastic community? What needs to be in place that we don't dumb down on the tradition, even in a new context and calling? I want to argue that there needs to be some form of shared rhythm of life or rule. Just having values is not enough. These rules then need to define some form of shared practices. Christian spiritual community is really hard work and needs time to be built, particularly in our culture of hyper-individuality. 
It is not something you can just grab as a title and name in some form of consumptive function. Further, there needs to be some form of inclusive governance modelling monastic chapters and participation in community as equal sisters and brothers. New monastic communities cannot be forms of passivity, church-going or church consumption. It must be about giving as well as taking. New monastic communities need to model some form of radical mission and generosity to groups of people and individuals outside of their spiritual community. And I want to argue here for the need for a strong focus on never-church spiritual seekers who are looking for a spiritual path. For too long, evangelism and discipleship has over-focused on an approach of knowing God through filling people's heads with facts. While knowing the faith is important, so is the need to know God through mystical and contemplative experience in daily life and prayer, holding to a committed relational form of catechesis and discipleship. Models of new monasticism that can contribute a unique approach to formation in the Christian faith through learning in daily life, through facts and through experience are important. New monasticism is about radical commitment to loving service to the poor, which is very challenging, in the belief that we can experience God through such people in often abandoned and neglected places. Authentic new monasticism cannot be about building comfort zones for the white middle classes. It must be about a calling that will cost, yet transform our own humanity and discipleship. So new monasticism, whilst being called to be present to contemporary culture, must also be radically countercultural, particularly facing the darker side and consequences of consumerism. All new monastic communities face the challenge of making their rhythms of life light and accessible, but at the same time deep and rich. We must learn from the mistakes of some contemporary discipleship courses that are good at enabling commitment to Jesus, but light on content concerning living the faith in a complex world. Such approaches just add to the numbers of the de-churched. New monasticism and all emerging and fresh expressions of church need to enable people to establish a living and mature Christian faith. With its expression on a lifelong discipleship and a faith that lasts, it is hoped that new monasticism can play its part in this difficult and vital vocation. So to conclude, I believe that new monasticism is authentic and has connections with the ongoing tradition of monks, nuns and friars. It also responds to the unique and new challenges of our post-secular context that requires innovation and entrepreneurialism. Rightly, new monasticism draws on Celtic, Roman and Byzantine forms of monasticism, reframed into a new context of mission in the 21st century. In this endeavour, we need to be careful that we do not dumb down on what I believe to be a key form of ecclesial community that resonates with many spiritual seekers, which can bring transformation and real encounter with Christ through an old yet new way of being church. My hope is that this new book in the second of this series of Ancient Faith Future Mission will help new monastics and the wider church meet the challenge of this calling, listening and learning from each other and God to equip us all in the many places that we live and seek to serve, discerning and catching up with what God is already doing, who beckons us to join in in this new exciting adventure of new monasticism. Thank you for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. 
If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. Thank you.